0: The Blast from Our Past Network.
1: Podcasting After Dark presents TV Obscura. A deep dive into underrated and unknown television shows from our youth. Cartoons, sitcoms, cop shows, and much more. Sit back and enjoy some nostalgic fun with TV Obscura. Obscura.
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the annual Halloween episode of Podcasting After Dark Presents TV Obscura. I am one third of the TV Obscura team, Corey, a.k.a. Sleazy C., Joined with me, as always, are my two brothers from other Mother, Zach, the Total Snackhead, Schaefer, and Diallo, the Armageddon Jackson. And this year, we are diving into Love Them or Hate Them. We are diving into Friday the 13th, the series, and Freddy's Nightmares. Now, it's taken us a few years to actually get to these, but... I think that that's kind of appropriate, given sort of my experience with it and everything like that. But um, before we jump all into <laughs> to the mix here tonight, Diallo, it's been a while, buddy, since we've had you back on TV Obscura, but uh, really happy to have you back and, and the full team here, like Voltron, for the Halloween episode.
2: <laughs> like Voltron. That's great. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Which lion
0: are you, Diallo.
2: Uh, I I was actually, I was actually going to say something controversial. I was going to ask, are we the lions or the cars? Uh, I, you know know what? I kind of liked the cars when I was a
0: kid. I'm not going to lie.
2: I do. like, it is a very divisive subject. Like people, (laughs) like they like hate the cars and I don't get it. But, you know, my brain has never really been a either-or type of person. I'm like, I loved Marvel. I loved DC. I just, like, you know, I just read whatever I did. So I, I saw the lions. The lions definitely are better. Don't get me wrong. But the cars are cool, too.
0: I think so. I don't remember any characters from the car show. I remember much more of the characters and everything from the lions.
2: Yeah, yeah, well, because the cars, it was like, there were 15 of them, and they only really focused on the main guy, Jeff, and a couple others, and and it wasn't wasn't as, like, story focused, because it had a lot more, like, characters, but the Voltron itself looked cool, like, it looked like the samurai, and it was, like, kind of heavy, and the way he made his sword, I thought was cool, I thought it was a little cooler than the lions. Agreed. But the lions were, lions were amazing, like, you know.
0: I, I think this. we're going to have to tackle the non-lion Voltron on TV Obscura one of these days, because I do yeah, want to revisit maybe. that, because yeah. I remember loving it. Uh, Diablo, yeah. you didn't answer my question. So. I know, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> so, you know, we'll, we'll table that for the, uh, the TV Obscura discussion. It's in the been future. a while.
2: <laughs> I haven't been back. I just had to get everything out. Sorry. I know, I know. Uh, Zach, it's good to see you, buddy, as always.
1: As always, we've been recording nonstop, so I feel like I saw you yesterday or the day before, and I'm I'm so happy that we are finally digging into these series. I think it's interesting that you said love them or hate them, and we're going in order of Friday the 13th, then Freddy's Nightmares. I don't know if there's a connection there. We'll just find out when we have a general discussion, whether we love them or hate them. Um... But man, oh man, I'm so stoked to get to the Halloween of uh, TV Obscura. It's been a while. <laughs> so,
0: so guys and gals, if you li- for this is for, you know my personal experience with these two shows, um, we talked in the past about shows like Werewolf and Werewolf. And uh, <laughs> and War of the War world, <laughs> Jesus War of rurr, the world hey, guys it's over I'm done <laughs> um, hey everybody from Michigan and sp- specifically like monsters these were all the shows that I grew up with as a kid um, I, Tales from the Dark Side Tales from side. the Dark Side too I absolutely remember both of these shows Friday the Thirteenth the series and Freddy's Nightmares and I can tell you I did not watch too many of them or you know I didn't watch it too often um you know my experience like when I think back about it now I seem to kind of fall into the zeitgeist like everybody else where I was like I didn't want to like Friday the 13th because Jason was in it and I think I liked Freddy's Nightmares better but then you hear people talk about it now and they're like no no Friday the 13th was actually better and Freddy's Nightmares kind of sucked and uh yeah I, I mean that that might actually be pretty accurate um, we'll obviously get into the nitty gritty of that in a little bit, but that is to say that I wanted to revisit both of these together because I feel like they're always in the same conversation together. When people talk about one or the other, they always bring the other one up as sort of a counterbalance point to it. And I wanted to kind of put it to rest as to which one I, I think is better. Um, so yeah, I remember watching them as kids, both shows, but not really caring too much about either. Uh, Diallo, what is your experience with both of these shows combined or separately?
2: Yeah, I mean, I watched both of them when they were on. Um, I was in high school at the time, um, and, you know, that it was sort of like, for me, that was like prime horror, like, you know, existence. I was really—I actually forgot about it till I started watching— the Freddy's Nightmare, and I—I I forgot how much I was into Freddy Krueger when I was like, I used to dress up like him. I had like, I had like a glove with like a uh, clothespins that I put on the tips for the claws. Wow, <laughs> for, that's like, a great yeah, idea yeah, yeah, for like for, for like non
1: hurt so you don't hurt anybody but it still looks like it
2: yeah i think i sprayed paint spray painted them silver or whatever great idea yeah i had the hat i had a, i had this sweater that i wear and i would just like i would just that was the thing for a while like not even diy not even <laughs> ho- <laughs> that's hilarious that's good right? not like not even like halloween like i just <laughs> i forgot how into <laughs> i forgot how into that i was
1: um, let's hear your freddie voice like, what's would, your
2: freddie i would draw your... it all the time you know it's actually funny I do, as I was watching it, I was like, yeah, I used to do a Freddy voice, but I never attempted to bring it back. And I don't, come on. I can't even remember like a line to say. Do it.
1: How about, how about, <laughs> uh, uh, what did he say? what did he say? I love screamers.
2: Oh, I love screamers. <laughs> it's pretty good yeah i don't i don't know that that that's a little too deep but anyways yeah i just uh i really loved like and i like when we were talking about this show i remember sending i like i forgot about i i must have blocked out a lot of stuff from high school um because i i all of a sudden i remembered that they had that uh freddy's uh greatest hits album and it was like (laughs) he was doing all these like uh, was old 650s and 60s, like songs, oh uh, like gosh. it's ready. Yeah, and oh I saw, so I was sending it to you guys, and I used to listen. My friend had the CD or tape or whatever, and I would listen to that. Um, you know, love the movies. Uh, and but I also, you know, I don't know if we're really getting into it, but I remember the show wasn't like what did. I felt like it should have been, like kind of what they were ever, you know. And now I'm like, oh, it was like a money grab. So it definitely wasn't like as satisfying as I would have liked it to have been. But, you know, I watched it. I can't really remember any episodes. I kind of remembered the pilot. That was about it. Um, and then as I was watching, the another episode and saw the opening i realized i was really just remembering the opening sequence where he was burning (laughs) i thought that was in some episode or something um but then friday the 13th as well obviously i mean you know in a way that one was even more disappointing but like i think i watched that one longer um and we'll talk about it a little bit more but um I actually did like that show. Like, it was felt disappointing, I think, like you said at first, but like it actually was kind of interesting and engaging. And I think I watched it up to a certain point. And as I was like reading more about it, I was like, oh, I kind of remember when something happened and then I stopped watching it. And I, we could talk about that later. Um, and also, I think I went away to college and then I just didn't have access to TV anymore. But I was really into, uh, I really watched both of the shows, um, was really into Friday the 13th, the show for, you know, at least when it first started. And uh, the very fond memories, like Friday night, I think I was watching Freddy. I can't remember when Friday the 13th. Came on, but I remember watching that like at least over the weekend or something, and always talking about it with our friends and stuff. So, some good times. And uh, Roby was hot,
0: yeah, yeah, buddy. Um, and it should, I guess, it is probably pertinent to the conversation. Uh, Dial, you, you were talking about how much of a Freddy fan uh, you are/slash were. Um, I was always a Jason Voorhees kid, so I think you know, the she just the shock. Uh, And and disappointment of not having the Friday 13th series uh, involve Camp Crystal Lake or Jason Mm -hmm. Voorhees was just so devastating to me that it was hard to get past. But as I was watching them, I remembered the characters and everything. So I think I probably saw more episodes than I than I probably remember. But still, I didn't watch it in either of them as frequently as I did War of the Worlds or, um, you know, Werewolf or uh, monsters specifically. That was my favorite. All right, Zach, what, uh, and then of course tell us, you know, are you, were you a Freddie kid? Were you a Jason kid? Like, where did you lean? And then your experience with these two shows.
1: Well, you just triggered a memory in me and I'll have to dig it up and, and pull it out to take pictures of it. I have these, uh, water squirter heads mm. and the ones of Freddy head yes, and, and the Jason, head, I and they come those. with victims? <laughs> <laughs> I still have those. Oh my God. <laughs> who still... put those
0: out? Oh my God. I have so many questions. I, I, you just you I sparked a memory.
1: Know. Well, we we do have Why Does Zach Own This on our $2 Late Fee Patreon. Maybe we need to do Why Does Zach Own This as well on Podcasting After Dark, and I'll bring them out for that episode because I do still have them in my horror chest with a bunch of other horror-related toys. Um, and, yeah, like little them, They came with the, it's just the head. You know, these are kid toys, and they're marketing Freddy. I mean, we've talked about this ad, ad nauseum as with the R-rated uh, shows that they try to make mainstream for kids, I was a Freddy guy uh, as well, uh, and a Jason guy. I was like a little bit of both. I think I was more Freddy because Freddy was consistent across the board with his look, versus Jason who changed it up a little bit. You know, the mask changed obviously. The first one he's not in it. Uh, blah 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 blah. But at at this age, I think I lean more towards Friday the Friday the Thirteenth because I just love. Uh, horror in the Woods, and and freddie was so much more comical, and and cartoonish as he went on and became more iconic. I mean, he was on, M- he hosted like MTV Friday Night Videos or whatever that was. You know, <laughs> yeah. your next video is Y and T, Summertime <laughs> Girls. I've had a few of them in the boiler pit. <laughs> you know, crap like that, and shout out to Lee germaney by the way because he has the vinyl vinyl of uh the Freddie album you t- you were talking about diallo diallo was texting us songs like you remember this song you remember this song um
2: <laughs> Down the and then he's like breath.
1: i have that album um but yeah i was i uh, i was maybe 50 50 i guess at the end of the day uh and now i lean more towards jason um but before we went on air Diallo and I were trying to, de- to determine because we both grew up in the Bay Area uh, these shows were syndicated they were both maybe on TV 44 at the time I remember specifically Friday the 13th being on TV 44 I just re- forget about uh, Freddy's nightmares I'm not sure if that was TV 20.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sure Freddy's Nightmares was on uh, TV 44. It's actually funny because I don't remember, like I said, I don't really remember what channel Friday the 13th came on or even what time it came on. But I mean, it it almost would have had to have come on TV 44 because that was that was pretty much the only channel that was doing syndication on any level. um, Right. I mean K T V channel
1: 2 was but yeah, th- they that was when by that Fox time Fox came on.
2: yeah in 87 they pop Fox kind of took that over so they weren't doing right. like at, in the evenings they weren't doing any anything um during the like in that that like 5 to 7 slot or whatever they would have some syndicated shows but for the most part it was like 44 20 had like like random shows on all the time I don't you know Yeah um, and they had their dance show. Yeah, dance yeah, dance party. 20. yeah. Yeah. Dance, dance party. party. Yeah. Dance party. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it just, should be
0: noted that both of these shows uh, were straight to syndication.
1: Yeah, they they were. Yeah. And, and I mean, I watched both of them. I was a latchkey kid, much like you, Corey. And my brother would go out at night and I was home alone and I would watch Friday the 13th or we would watch it together. And I'm, I remember being thir- thoroughly disappointed when Friday the 13th first came on because I'm like, where's Jason? Mm-hmm. Where's Jason? You know, where? yeah, where's the camp? Where's the lake? Can we just get a lake at least? Come on, something. Such and then, of course, Freddy's... Such a bait and switch. Um, you know, but this is around the same time. I know Twilight Zone, the series, had come on uh, prior to this, but it reminded me in some... Like, I think... In my Mandela effect mind, I was like, Oh, Friday the, Friday the thirteenth was the series that was like had no connection from one episode to another until I just recently rewatched right. it. And then my mind was blown or reminded. And then Freddy's Nightmares, I'm like, oh, that was the one that was connected for every episode. And then I realized, no, that's not necessarily the case necessarily. Um so I think, you know, we'll obviously talk about how we feel about it now, but back then I actually remember liking Friday the 13th the series when I started watching it like I started I really liked obviously uh Robbie <laughs> but I really liked her uh, her her cousin as well um John D. LeMay who played Ryan I mean I really liked that dude there was something about the personality the chemistry I think I liked that it was Canadian so it gave me a vibe of like it was just different it didn't feel like other run-of-the-mill shows, um, I don't know. I mean, we'll talk more about it. But but back in the day, that's my familiarity, watching it on whether it was Friday night or Saturday night. It had to be on a weekend. It had to be. It was definitely not on during the Monday through Thursday, that's for sure. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: And what we'll do is uh, we'll break it up into two halves, uh, essentially. Um, we all watched two episodes from each show, so we'll kind of briefly discuss the episodes and then our thoughts in general about the uh, the shows uh, themselves. But we are going to kick off with Friday the Thirteenth, the series, only because it started a year earlier. Started in nineteen eighty-seven, went to nineteen ninety, uh, whereas uh, Freddy's Nightmares went was started in nineteen eighty-eight and went to nineteen ninety. And by the way, I was so so shocked. That Friday the 13th was three seasons. I was like, oh my God, I thought it was like one. And then I was even doubly <laughs> shocked
2: that Freddie's nightmares was two seasons. Cause I yeah. feel like
0: I thought that was like three or four seasons or
2: something. Really? I thought yeah. it was only one. <laughs> I, was, I was surprised it went further. Yeah.
1: Maybe it should have only been
2: one. I mean, yeah, maybe I mean, should have maybe well, just been one episode. That's was why I thought it was only one.
1: Season. <laughs> <laughs> Oof, uh, but Hey, but hold on before we, before we jump into any of that, uh, I mean, well, no, we will just get into it. But when we talk about the cast, for I think Freddie's Nightmares wins when it comes to casting overall.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, maybe specifically <clears> the, <throat> the episode
1: that yeah, the episodes that we watched. Yeah. dong.
2: gong. <laughs> 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 All right. Everybody will understand what that means a little bit later. They will. Yeah, you will. Stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, and I'll
0: will say what kind of which uh, episodes we watched, and I'll, I'll give the numbers and everything. Uh, and as always, guys and gals, um, if you go on our Patreon page, um, I posted the links to these episodes. It can be uh, each season can be found on um, archive.org.
2: Uh, so what the
1: hell is that? By the way, is that a new thing? No, archive.org?
2: it is. Uh, uh, so Internet Archive um, do, they basically have an archive of like all of these old web pages and what I've discovered is um, is that they've actually grabbed some of the files that were still on the, some of those old web pages so you can grab um, there's like books you can grab um, sound music um, so that's where that came from I had actually I've actually discovered that you could even do that because I was Uh, getting the um, director's commentary podcast for Battlestar Galactica, then that's when I realized Mm. that even existed. So um, pretty good resource, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, like I said, every single
0: episode from both the seasons, at least the first season, we didn't kind of look up past that, but every episode for each show for the first season is available.
2: Yeah, and and really good quality. So I think it was, I don't know if it was at some point – it was on someone's, uh, an official site or something back in the early days of the internet when they would kind of do stuff like that before they figured out they needed to make money. Yeah. Um, but anyways, it's hopefully it doesn't get pulled down after this. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I was going to say, like the formatting,
1: the formatting's really nice. The way the, the, the pages are set up. Yeah. I, I'm a little, I get annoyed at times with daily motion cause it's, oh, yeah. things are a little hard to find. Yeah archive I mean I'm I'm
2: I'm in yeah. I'm definitely in And there's in, no in, ads
0: like, it's not like YouTube there's no like ads anywhere right, it's,
2: it's just it's, like it just yeah it's just it's the video file it just yeah, plays it just and exists. Then it's like <laughs> it's like a playlist so when the next one's done the next uh, when the one you're watching is done the next one starts and Right yeah uh, it'll be gone uh, by next week yeah probably but
0: for now guys and gals I do have the links to both shows uh, and we will say which episodes you know we we watched and everything uh, so you can go check that out so uh, but let me give a little I'm going to have a little backstory you know write up for uh, for both Friday 13th and Freddy's Nightmares but uh, right now I'll just do the Friday 13th one so Friday the 13th, the series is a fantasy horror television series that ran from October 1987 to May of 1990 in syndication. The series was produced by Frank Mancuso Jr., who produced Friday the 13th, part two through Jason Takes Manhattan and featured Roby as Micah Foster and John Day. What was it? John Day. May. John
2: La May. John D. LeMay.
0: And John D. LeMay as Ryan Dalian, they play two cousins who inherit an antique store. After they sell all the antiques, they learn that the items were cursed and have to track them down with the help of John Marshak, played by Chris Wiggins. The series was originally titled The 13th Hour, but Frank Mancuso Jr. instead took the name Friday the 13th to deliberately draw in audiences. Despite the title, the TV series has no story connections to the film series, and Jason Voorhees does not make an appearance. Friday the 13th, the series was nominated for two Emmy Awards in 88 and 89 for for visual and graphic effects, and in 1990, the series was nominated by the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films as Best Series. So, Zach, can you talk to us a little bit about our, probably, what, our three main leads in this uh, yeah. show?
1: Yeah, and before we do that, I just want to also point out that Frank Mancuso Jr., he is a prolific producer. Uh, he produced the War of the Worlds TV mm. series as well, by the way. He was the executive producer of that. Okay,
0: that makes sense. Uh,
1: and he's got a history of April Fool's Day. Um, Great movie. Body parts, uh, species... Fled, Hoodlum, Species 2, sure. Ronin, Stigmata, Species 3. Sure. <laughs> he knows where his money comes from. <laughs> right? So, uh, anyways, I, I, I just think it's no, worth noting that Frank Mancuso Jr. is He's a prolific producer and should get his due diligence and credit. Um, yeah, the series starred the, the three that you mentioned – uh, I'll just start with Chris Wiggins first, you know, who plays uh, Jack Marshak, you said. Mm-hmm. he's a uh, old old school actor. He's been he's done voiceover for a lot of stuff. He was in Rock and rule, which you if you've ever seen, it's kind of like Ralph Bashke inspired. I think Ralph Bashke might have actually done the animation for it. Um, but he did a lot of Canadian stuff, Red Wall, which I believe is a Canadian cartoon, uh, Little Bear uh babar b-a-b-a-r two b's no no one b-a-b-a-r that's two i, I thought you meant t- together um so anyways pippi longstocking the tv se- tv series pippi longstocking you know that right diallo yeah theme song, I mean dude. yep yeah. you know i know you know <laughs> earth final conflict he was in uh well one episode uh But, um, you know, never-ending story cartoon series, which was actually pretty darn good. It was on HBO, I believe, the cartoon series from 95 to 96. Uh, The Ace Ventura Pet Detective cartoon series. He was featured on Sailor Moon, three episodes. So, you know, prolific actor. um, Worth noting. But, I'll save the best for last. John D. LeMay. I remember him mostly, besides this, from the same thing I'm sure Corey does. Corey, what do you remember John D. LeMay from?
0: Jason Goes to Hell, but also Tour of mm-hmm. Duty. I, I weirdly watched a lot of Tour of Duty as a kid. But Zachary, um, totally, yeah. <laughs> you're going to say totally agree?
1: Totally agree, but I was going to say when he popped up in Friday the 13th, uh, Jason Goes to Hell, I was like, is this going to be a cool crossover yeah. that they had a perfect opportunity to bring the Ryan character and, into the universe. No. So
0: I've seen. Uh, no. Wrong. Wrong. I've, wrong. Wrong. I've seen fan theories. Talk about how like he changed the character changes his name and everything and then becomes the you know, it is the same character. Um, but you mentioned earlier that you, you always found him likable. I had the exact same experience with him. I really liked him in Jason Goes to Hell. I remember when I was watching this, I remember also kind of liking him as probably as a kid, too. Um, but I really like him this go around. Uh, John De La May. Um Yeah, yeah he's, he's yeah. a very likable guy. And I think he has good he chemistry was... with Roby on screen.
1: I totally agree Uh, for the totally agree. I need one more for the hat trick for our Canadian (laughs) friends out there. Um, New kids. He was in new kids, by the way. And we broke down new kids. I think in our first season of, of of, uh, Jason, uh, Jason goes to (laughs) hell of our show pad. And uh, he was in Eddie Dodd, which rest in, Rest in peace, Treat Williams, Eddie Dodd. One of us wanted to bring up Eddie Dodd. It might have been you, Diallo. Um, or you brought up that John Ritter detective series that, uh, that we're, we'll bring to TV Obscura, actually. Yeah, eventually. Hooperman. But Eddie Dodd is a show we need to bring to TV Obscura. I, it only lasted for like one or two episodes.
0: I have it on our list, our TV Obscura master list. I have Eddie Dodd on there. I don't, I didn't even know what it was, just when you guys shot it out. And I was like, all right, on, on the list it goes.
1: On the list, it goes. Well, uh, on the list, a movie you might want to put on your list if you're a fan of Ro- uh, Robbie <clears throat> <laughs> is the movie Play Nice. Uh, Robbie, I'm going to get to her backstory in just a minute, but I really want to quickly say Play Nice is like a fatal attraction type skin flick. Okay. And um, Edo Ross, <laughs> who plays the evil Russian in Red Heat. You know, and this guy has like a very distinctive nose. He's like the love interest in that. So if you want to see Robbie making out with uh, Edo Ross, that's your movie. He was also, um, Edo Ross
0: was in Universal Soldier. And I think he was in the um, the Men in Black uh, cartoon as one of the he, agents in the first season.
1: He was, and he's in a great, very underrated, will, go, will come to pad eventually, a movie called the Hidden. Hidden. Yep, yep. He's got a huge part in that. I think he's on the poster of the like he's the main yeah. looking villain on the poster um anyways louise robbie uh canadian actress and but sure it's really her backstory her personal life that's more fascinating to me in 1993 well so she's had a pop star career she did some pop music um i i'm i didn't i have not listened to her stuff but i have a feeling if it's as good as Martika uh, Toy Soldiers, <laughs> then I'm sold. And I have a feeling it'll be something like that. Um, anyways, in 93, she began dating Charles Buc- Buclurk, Earl of Burford. Bufford. <laughs> what? Burford. <laughs> Burford, this Direct descendant of King Charles II and his mistress, N- Nell Gwynne. Wow. The two met after Lord Burford gave a lecture about one of his relatives, the 17th Earl of Oxford. Oh, my gosh, that must have been fascinating. Fascinating. Who is one of several authors named in the Shakespeare authorship question. I have no idea what that is. Anyways, they got married, um, and she had a, she had a kid, uh, Baron of Hanworth. <laughs> their son. Their son. Check this out. James Malcolm Aubrey Devere Beauclerk. My God, Lord Vere, Baron of Hanworth. Robbie is sixty-three years old. She's still alive. What a story! This person must have. Um, they lived in Suffol- Suffolk, and then they got divorced in two thousand one.
0: Oh, that's a shame.
1: Yeah, she was engaged to a guy named Stanley Schaefer. No relation. uh, (laughs) Top fashion photographer in 2008, and he died in 2010.
0: Oh, no. Maybe she's a black widow now.
1: (laughs) Why do I sound 68 when I'm laughing right now? Um, Anyways, she covered One Night in Bangkok. I want to hear that song. we got to find that song. I'm sure it's on YouTube. And uh, apparently she's in the process of creating a new album. And she had a song on the Money Pit soundtrack, Web of Desire, with the band White Lion. Wow. Once bitten, twice shy, babe. Wow. Um, Anyways, I think she's fascinating. She didn't do much outside of that skin flick. Uh, And this. (laughs) I think her her hair was was
0: fascinating in this.
1: (laughs) And Raw Deal and the Money Pit. By the way, Aaron Gilmer, I'm sure, has seen play nice. And um, if you've watched Cinemax at any time during the 90s, you too have probably seen play nice. <laughs> you too have seen play but nice. But yeah, that's the that's the general cast, you know, but then we go into like the first episode, which we'll talk about in a minute. There's there's a young Sarah Pauly in that episode yeah. and R- R.G. Armstrong. From, from
0: Predator and the car. We recovered the car. the car, yeah, on, on this show.
1: Anyway, Jill Hennessy from Law & Order shows up on, on uh, From Time to Time on... Uh, Friday the 13th, the series. Jill Hennessy, of course, from the first seasons of Law & Order.
0: Yeah. Um, so real quick, I'll just kind of give a little quick synopsis of the two episodes we watched. And then I think I'm not going to try to keep the conversations to, to the, like a specific episode. Let's just have fun and jump between the two of them and everything. So we all watched season one, episode one, The Inheritance, which is... Really, just sets up the entire thing. Uh, you see that their uncle has these, has this like antique store that is, you know, it's kind of Needful Things-esque, I guess. Um, he looks Before like he maybe made a, huh?
1: Before Needful Things, right?
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, and he looks like he made some kind of a deal with the devil. Things go wrong, and he dies. He he goes straight to hell, and uh, literally, <laughs> literally off and to then, hell
2: he goes.
1: Like, Like someone. Never mind.
0: And then, uh, and then basically, um, um, Mickey and Ryan inherit the place and they, they kind of, yeah sell off all the stuff and thus sets up this, like this, the, the, the theme of the show, which every episode they have to go track down uh, a new, you know, a new piece that they sold off. So that's kind of the, the device, the hook of the show. Um, and of course we can talk specifically about these episodes when we get into it. Um, and then the second one we all watched was season one, episode 11, the scarecrow. And it was actually, I don't know what the cursed object really was in this one, but I, it was it the scarecrow hood. Maybe, Um, That's a
2: good question, actually.
0: (laughs) Interesting. Interesting that none of us actually knows. But I did very much like this episode. And basically, uh, they have to go to the countryside to... I think actually maybe it's even the Scarecrow itself is the cursed object. Um, Murders happen... Uh, you know they have to sort of get to the bottom of it. Um, Mickey is in peril. This is sort of the, the 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 formula. Mickey's in peril. She screams for Ryan as if he's her lover, but yet they're cousins. They sort of forget that sometimes. And uh, and you know they, they solve oh,
1: kissing them. cousins.
0: <laughs> yeah, they they fix it. They figure it out by the end of the episode, and then they you know they move on to the next thing. Um, but what I really liked about this the Scarecrow episode, it felt very Halloweeny. Like it looked very like by like maybe Wisconsin or something in Canada, but it looked like it was filmed in the fall. So all the leaves were off the trees and stuff. It looked cold. I loved it. So we'll get into all of that. Um, but uh, Diallo open discussion at this point, my man, where do you want to take us with, uh, with these two episodes or just Friday the 13th in general, the series?
2: I mean, so like, I think I, I talked about it a little bit earlier or I kind of, Jumped in when Zach was talking, but it it very much felt like a bait and switch when I that first introduction to it, because obviously Friday the 13th was high in the mind of every adolescent, at least boy um, at the time. So and he knew that, hence why he
0: changed the name. Yeah. to to, to kind of actually literally grab the that audience.
2: Right, and like yeah. I'm today's years old when I found that out, and, <laughs> and I was like, oh god, that's that's why, that's why. Um, another one thing that's interesting is there was a show on Sci-Fi called Warehouse 13 that I remember yes. when it was on, and I remember going, this is just like that Friday the Thirteenth show. And now I'm like, yeah, and and it was called the Thirteenth Hour, so it definitely was, quote unquote, stolen from that, you know. Um, Anyway, Um, but yeah, you know, one watching it now, I I always remember the theme song and the music and how the show opened. Um, Yeah, me too. And. watching it now especially versus like the Freddy one like the quality it like look, it looked like they actually had put money into it and it was like it was almost like one or two steps below the X-Files in the first X-Files season when you watch if you go back and watch the first X-Files season it, like it, it it's not super high budget um but it definitely like X Files is a little bit more refined from this, but it was like this show could have been on that level if it had come out maybe like a few years later, on Fox, you know. Um, but yeah, like it just it had a had a nice look to it, a nice feel. It was a little moody. The um, the pilot, I mean, you know, every I think as we go over a lot of these shows, the pilot isn't necessarily indicative of the mood of what the rest of the episodes are going to be a little bit of it. It's a little interesting because the show's kind of like, like anthology like, Um, but this one has more of the setup. So it's a little bit more grounded than you normally would get in later episodes with like the spooky. Um, But when it gets to the spooky, it's pretty spooky. So um, yeah, like the, the, the doll was like, I mean, like classic doll storytelling. Um, it was very uh,
0: Annabelle esque And we should say the sort of the, the, you know, even though there's a bunch of cursed objects that get let loose in the first episode, they focus on one, which is this doll that like a 10 year old Sarah Polly uh, gets. And it's very Annabelle esque you know, yeah. you can totally, I mean, cause An- the, An- the real Annabelle story existed before this show. So I wouldn't be surprised if they sort of, Tuned in on that for this, but then I also see maybe some, you know, inspiration from the movie Annabelle. You, you know the people who wrote Annabelle. The movie saw this back in the day. They, you yeah. know they did, yeah, and I think did. there was some inspiration there. Yeah,
2: yeah. So it was. I mean, like I was I was finding I was finding myself enjoying it a lot, and as I often do with watching a lot of these shows, I started to envision like. I could see the, the pieces that could have been boosted or changed. Like part of part of why it fails is because of the time that it was in, where they the storytelling wasn't quite on point to get it to. So it was as they were setting things up, it was like some things were a little too easy. Um, you know, um, shows weren't really into doing story arcs, so it was interesting that they were doing a version of that here. Um, but ever since everything was geared towards kind of like being able to watch it out of order, um, you could do that. Um, I do remember in as I, I, I remember st- st- I stopped watching it and I don't remember precisely why. And as I was reading about it, I remember something made me mad and then as I was looking at like the history of the show, I realized that Ryan was like killed off or jettisoned from the show in season three, and I think that that's when I stopped watching it. It's like when he was gone, it just kind of like changed because I felt like there was like this, the relationship between him and um, uh, Mickey was like central to the show, and there there was like they were getting closer and closer, and then he was gone, and it just kind of like kind of lost me after that you, you
0: mean the whole will they won't they cousin thing
2: <laughs> yeah they, apparently they were making it very clear in the in uh, everything i read that they were like cousins by marriage <laughs> oh yes <laughs> Chem- yeah, it's, yeah. Be, to kind of cover <laughs> up the, the
0: freaking sizzling chemistry that they have together. yeah dude when she first
2: <laughs> walks in he's checking her out i'm like dude and,
0: and then she tells him that she's his cousin and he still is like checking around yeah and then in the second episode when you kind of find out he had a brother you know that died when he was young yeah and it's like how did she not hear about her cousin that died you know when when the kid was like tragically when the kid was young it's almost as if the writers kind of forget that they're supposed to be cousins and uh maybe i don't know man luke
2: luke and leia that's true very true you know stuff goes down i don't know I I know. I know people. You know their parents, cousins. So,
1: still (laughs) far better if it's consensual and they're age appropriate. Yeah, (laughs) this is true. This This is is very Jesus by today's standards. I mean, Uh, and it's
2: Canada. I don't know what the uh, the laws are there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, And, and, and it
2: should be noted that it's supposed to be. Chicago
0: is where they're they're based but yeah it's definitely (laughs) uh, Canada (laughs) good Uh, luck
1: with that Zach
0: what uh build off of what Diallo was talking about go in your own direction uh I mean we still have a lot more on these both of these episodes to talk about so you know we'll kind of keep we'll we'll be in Friday the 13th for a little while
1: yeah I mean a a lot of what Diallo was saying I was nodding my head the whole time uh first of all before I forget I think uh, Ryan's character like gets possessed by the devil or gets a, like a demon in him or something. Mm -hmm. And it's like a whole God episode. And I'm right with you on that Diallo. He was, he's the heart and soul of that show. I honestly is like wrote Robbie was like the sex symbol, you know, sultry. She felt like a doctor who sidekick, which is not a knock. I think it's very much like that's a better role for her. Um, I don't prefer her as being the one to carry the show. I thought Ryan is just... He's so good. He throws a karate kick, by the way, at the <laughs> Scarecrow at one point. like, this dude is badass in his horrible ski sweater in the Scarecrow episode. <laughs> um, but... I echo the the, the theme song that like it's an amazing theme song. It's yeah. amazing. The minute I started watching this again, it it brought me back to being a kid watching at
2: night. Zach, um, doesn't it? Doesn't it like you know how like um, especially when you're watching cartoons and they have to in the opening they have to tell you verbally tell you what the setup of the show is like you know brought yeah. together by fate. This family right. got bionics and like every episode. This opening actually shows you visually what the show is about by just going through all of the all of the like creatures and the accursed objects. And, you know, it's like creepy with the music. So you kind of get what they're doing when by the time you get within the show if you had never watched it so i i totally. think it's brilliant in that way and it's like it's very well shot like it it actually feels in a way like how they put all the money into doing like uh the opening for silver hawks or or uh or uh, thundercats and then you you get into the show and it's not as good that's almost like right. what that opening is like you tell that they actually put some money into it
1: no, totally. I absolutely because yeah. Once you get into, it, you're like, oh, the animation's not as good as that opening yeah. segment was. <laughs> and just like this, you're like, oh, the the set design or the, the the acting with with, you know, obviously the leads withstanding withstanding, is not as tight as it could be. But. Um, Yeah, by by the way, the font that they use Mm. at the end of the episode Mm -hmm. is so reminiscent of Tales from the Dark Side. I'm like, wow, that's the the exact same font, just a different color. I think it's like orange. Um, So many many nostalgic feels about this show. I had that same vibe. I'm like, oh, this feels like The X-Files to me. Oh, this feels like The Conjuring couple. This feels like so many things... If they rebooted this series, and I always say that a lot, but if they rebooted this series and just maybe made it note for note, but just with a better budget, this would be fantastic. And I think, you know, when this came out, Jason was so hot at that time. What did uh, part eight had just come out, right? The Jason takes Manhattan. He was legendary. So, of course, people are going to get upset that this has no connection to the the movie franchise, But if this had come out at a different time, it would have been, well, maybe the same as Halloween 3. When Halloween 3 came out and it was like, where's the connection to Michael Myers? It's the same kind of idea if you think about it. It, it, Like, they're trying to branch out. They're trying to just capitalize off the name. I get that. But immediately I'm like... The, the tone is great. Uh, I love that the, uh, the Uncle Lewis, yeah, like, goes straight to hell in the first episode. <laughs> Literally goes to hell, guys. Yeah. Like, see there's it. a portal you see it to hell. <laughs> you see it happen. And then that doll is creepy as hell. Uh, Sarah Pauli is the most annoying little kid, <laughs> and, and so she's a good actor, I guess, because I think that's what she's supposed to do. The ending of the first episode is brilliant, where they they all go, "Oh my God!" Yeah. and that's how the episode ends. You're like, "What? What? What's gonna happen next?"
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, and then, and you know, Diallo chose Scarecrow, and I mean, I didn't know which way to go. I'm looking at the cast and everybody from like Tia Carrere and Vanity guest starred on this and a who's who of like television actors and screen actors at that time. And a lot of Canadian people, but obviously not. Um, so now I'm like, I want to watch this entire series, but scarecrow was creepy as hell. The scarecrow looks like the gimp uh, fused with a scarecrow. Yeah. It, it's the, it's the coolest looking scarecrow I've seen. It, it's like the guy in the collector Yeah. The villain in the collector. Yeah. It's like a leather looking mask that he has on. Um, there's beheadings, you know, you heads get chopped off on this show. There's blood, there's gore, a shit ton of gore. Um, it is really, and and by the way, that scarecrow episode, I was like, they should do a picker sister type show where picker sisters go throughout the country finding like weird items that make it fictional, but make it shot like reality show, you know, where they find these little artifacts and it turns out to be a cursed item. I was like, oh, it's like the Picker sisters, like traveling through the country and seeing a scarecrow, and the scarecrow comes to life. Um, I loved it. I I was reminded that I actually liked this show way better than I remembered I liked it.
0: Yeah. So the scarecrow episode, I texted the boys after I watched it. I was like, this episode was fantastic. Now, guys and gals, take that with like a grain of salt and and put it to what we're, like, what we're kind of, you know putting it next to and everything uh take it in context um and i think as far as a representation of what this show has to offer i think it was a fantastic showing um you know like zach said the scarecrow looked great um but diallo i I think actually like you know putting the money into the show itself like there were some shots in the scarecrow episode like when the old lady's running through the um the cornfield and whatnot and i thought it looked almost tim burton-esque mm-hmm. with the the fog going through yeah. there and everything and then the fact that like the scarecrow was being controlled by this lady and she was like i was i mean this is all sleepy hollow like tim burton's sleepy hollow like ripped off i think this episode mm-hmm. because the the the, the scarecrow cutting people's heads off and everything um i love the look of it like it looked cold like you could tell that it was like filmed in the fall up north and that just gave it this Halloween vibe and it's yeah, not even that. the Halloween episode. There isn't there is a Halloween episode. I didn't watch it, um, but this one felt very Halloweeny to me. And uh and as Zach said, you know, there was some heads coming off, like you actually <laughs> you don't technically see it, but you, you see enough see to be like, Oh yeah, my god, yeah. that's a head on T V. You know what you went know? down
1: you know when and and i'll piggyback so i i literally watched this show earlier in the day pick up Bodie from school and we go to the uh local cafe and he's you know he's eating a cookie i'm drinking a latte and and i said i watched this show today called friday the 13th and he's like well what's it about and i started i told him the scarecrow episode i said here's the premise this scarecrow it gets a picture put on its body and who's ever face is on the body of the scarecrow that's the the scarecrow goes after that person and tries to kill them and he's like whoa that's so cool i go yeah yeah and at the end of the episode the picture that he's a that he has on him gets pulled off and he kind of falls to the ground like he's powerless and then the picture of the person that's like the main bad guy falls on the scarecrow and goes after him and he kills the main bad guy yeah. and he's like whoa that's so cool i'm like yeah <laughs> And after he kills her, like, he's powerless again because he did his job. And he's like, can I watch that? I'm like, no. (laughs) When you're older. He said, tell me more. Tell me more. I want to know more. And I said, well, here's this idea of this antique shop with all these cursed items. He's like, oh, because he's big into Dungeons and Dragons. It was, like, right up his alley. You describe this show to a kid that's into, like, fantasy, and they're hook, line, and sinker
0: yeah I think I think that I think that's a, a fair assessment now, Diallo, how did you land on Scarecrow for us to watch because you were the one that that sent that one out and again, thank God you did because it was fantastic but also talk about it some because you, your conversation what you said mostly stuck with the first episode. What were your thoughts on that one
2: yeah so because like i, re- I don 't remember episodes per se, but I do remember at some point in the first season being really terrified by one of the episodes like but that my memory, but I, for the life of me could not remember what it was. And so I went back and I looked at like the list of like the scariest or the high. Actually it was, I checked it against scariest and highest like rated. And that one came up in the one and two. And so I watched that one and I kind of glanced over a couple others. Um, the, 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 actual Halloween episode I watched cause I thought that might've been it, but that wasn't it. Um, that was a little bit more campy weird. Um, but, uh, yeah, I found that one, and it was, like, the opening shot, like you were saying, like, I, at first I was like, oh, they're on location. Like, that, and I actually had yeah. this feeling, like, like when you're watching old school Doctor Who, and whenever they were, like, outside it had, and they shot on film, it just automatically looked more, like, prestigious than when they were on set and it was in video. That's how I felt, like... As soon as they were like outside, it just, it took on a whole other field. It was like, you said, like you said, it was creepy and I didn't have that feeling like they're on a set somewhere and it, it was um, fabricated. Um, so yeah, I, uh, it just, it just like, it had slasher vibes. It was like, yeah, you know, um, I think, and in terms of it being called friday the 13th like at the time i didn't i like that was a couple days ago i didn't realize that this show was never connected at all like in any intention i just it was just made to capitalize on the name but uh i thought that that was their attempt when i watched it a few days ago to like give you a slasher type you know episode for jason but it wasn't but um yeah. yeah, it was, I don't know, it was, yeah, it was good. Edge of My Seat, it was creepy, as well done. The um, It, it did, and that was the other thing, like, the mom gave me uh, Voorhees, uh yeah, Jason Voorhees. Yeah, Voorhees. Yeah, yeah, yeah to, like, it just, it was just, it was really, it was really good. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. Again, yeah. like
0: I said, I texted the boys, I was like, the Scarecrow episode was fantastic. Yeah. So, I mean, I highly recommend people watch that one. I will say that, like, <laughs> Aside from the fashion, which I love, <laughs> and uh, and Roby's amazingly massive wall of hair that she has, <laughs> um, and my God, she's she's stunning, stunning. But one thing that I think dates it um is is she always seems to have gotten in trouble and then she screams out for Ryan to to help her and everything and i i watching the two episodes and i'm sure there's going to be other episodes where she have a bit more agency and and everything to her but the episodes that i saw i was like oh man i i wish i you know i just i wish that you would have been a little bit more you know heroic in your own in your own right but you know she did sort of tend to devolve into the oh god help me type of thing you know and that's the time i get it and
2: the pilot i definitely thought that because like uh, when she gets on the little merry-go-round deal um she like she jumped on it to like grab the doll right and but then she all of a sudden became powerless it was like she couldn't be the one to do it and then ryan steps up and like he just and it wasn't like he didn't do anything that she couldn't yeah yeah (laughs) yeah and i just was like oh yeah this is definitely they had to like make her all of a sudden helpless and yeah you're like oh
0: yeah 1987 yeah yeah Yeah,
1: i mean she falls into that that typical trope and you're just like i will say that's one of the downbeats of the show where the thing that draws you back is like the banter sometimes between the two of them it gets a little annoying she comes across her character is snobby and annoying she's a rich character in the beginning the pilot you know she leaves her what is her fiance or boyfriend yeah, or whatever? Yeah. Who's yeah. a douchebag? Yeah. Yeah. like in
0: my notes uh, I wrote he's uh, a total uh, douchebag. Yeah, total <laughs> douchebag. He's like he's and he's, he's 80s douchebag, guys and gals. Yeah, he's
2: like a lawyer, and he's like uh, I want to introduce you to the firm that her partners that they're getting engaged. Yeah. Like he's that kind of guy. Um, yep, yep. Doesn't care about what she likes. Um, but I mean and that I think that's one of the reasons why it stands out for her. Because her character is actually a pretty strong-willed, kind of independent woman vibe character, but then all of a sudden yeah. she collapses, and yeah. so she's like, she's actually that banter that they have is her st- like kind of shutting him down a lot, and kind of her being at least in that at least in that pilot episode, um, it's sort of like she's the one in control of the conversations and he he's kind of like chasing or something so she has like the masculine energy a lot in the show but then when the when it comes down to the wire all of a sudden she just like loses it all and she she's helpless and she can't do anything for herself and then Ryan steps up and kind of saves the day and you well, know karate kicks yeah. karate kicks yeah i was
1: like damn that's a sweet kick because he's the, not a very books. he's
2: not a very like masculine character right so then no. so then it just seems odd that all in those moments all of a sudden he's like take charge <laughs> but which is
1: yeah yeah, yeah. which is kind of like I think something I liked about his character it's like he's very non-assuming but then he will take charge at mm-hmm. times when he needs to which is kind of cool yeah and by the way uh in that scarecrow episode it's nice to hear the word hullabaloo used <laughs> in a sentence
2: <laughs> what is all the hullabaloo? I, I did write down guy, yeah
0: I, I did write down a a a quote from that episode when that lady. The like the bad lady controlling the scarecrow. Uh, she sets up this like red herring, um, this guy who can't really talk. He clearly is supposed to be like mentally challenged, but uh he has a thing for Roby, and she tells him, she goes, Gotta break her before you can ride her. And then she goes, break her good. And I was like, Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs> and the follow up to that is his father, the, the boy's father saying, That's our boy, that's our business.
0: Yes, I know, it's crazy. Um,
1: so, so if, if I, anyone ever says to me anything about Bodie, I'll go, that's our boy. That's our business.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, talking about whether we liked, like this, uh, you know, Friday 13th or not, uh, I want to go back to what I said before about what the, the zeitgeist is. Um, I feel like a lot of us, you know, back in the day, remembered Friday 13th fondly and or, I'm sorry. Remembered Freddy's Nightmares fondly because it has Freddy in it, and then we all talk about not liking Friday the 13th because Jason Voorhees wasn't in it. And then the the zeitgeist of nowadays, when you talk to people about these two shows, you know, you'll get the the mouth breathing nerd, which we are as well, say, oh, but actually, Friday the 13th was actually the better show. It was better written, yada yada yada, and Freddy's Nightmares is trash. And, um audience you I'll can't you,
2: see it but Corey's pinky was out when he was
0: talking about Yeah, it. absolutely is out. It was and,
1: and he has a pencil mustache now. <laughs> and I was
0: playing with it. And uh you and know a we'll talk yes. <laughs> We'll talk about uh Freddy's nightmares when we get to it, but I will say that I thought Friday the 13th was damn good watching it, it now. And again, when I say damn good, put it in context. I'm not comparing this to to newer shows, you know something I don't know Game of Thrones or whatever you I'm can't, comparing it you can't you can't I'm comparing it to what my expectations were of it and compared to other shows roughly that I remember around the time and I thought both episodes were very good I thought Scarecrow was was fantastic I'll say it again um, but what kind of kept me locked in was again, the 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 rapport between the two cousins. You know, they had a great chemistry. I, I don't, I don't care. They had a great chemistry. I liked uh, Ryan. I liked Mickey. Uh, the the third guy wasn't in the Scarecrow's episode, so I didn't really have much to kind of go off on
2: him. That was but interesting I, that he wasn't there actually. And yeah. they they kind of yeah, mentioned he's that
0: integral. he's he's following his own angle on a different yeah. sort of thing. So I like at least they mentioned that. Um, but yeah, I. Thoroughly enjoyed these two episodes and I am considering picking up the DVD set just to, to have it, you know, because I think it was pretty, it, you know, my memory was not correct. And maybe I <laughs> should have given this more of a shot when I was a kid. Um, Zach, uh, Friday 13th, final thoughts on, on the series?
1: Yeah, I was going to say one more thing about the Scarecrow. It reminded me a little bit of Italian horror, the way the design was. Uh, Italian zombies, for yeah. example. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the Scarecrow episode reminded me Diallo of when uh, the Five Doctors came out, and they couldn't get Tom Baker for the show. Mm-hmm. Or they had some sort of dispute, so they were like, "Oh, he's he's here, where the, all the other Doctors are there." And he they did some the, stock footage from an old episode. He
2: was in the he was in that river with the – what's her name. Uh, Remember he like, he was, he was in the gondola or whatever in the, yeah, in like the river and then, whatever. And then the, the some ball of light zapped him away. And then at the very, I think at the very end of the episode, it zapped him back in or something. Yeah. I Cause he's, he's
1: stuck. He's stuck. In, he like, didn't get sent to the master's uh, <laughs> playground or <Yeah>. whatever, <laughs> you know, the time Lords playground. Anyway. Yeah. Go see the five doctors, by the way, if you want, that's a really fun episode of doctor who, um, old school, old school. Final thoughts, uh, frightfully overjoyed in a good way. Like I'm so happy that we watched this show again and reminded me that it was, it was good. It is good. You can't put it in context to today's stuff the, you know, you just can't. So you got to take it for what it is. Um, you know, I I will happily watch more episodes of this show again. And sometimes all it takes is a great theme song to get you in there (laughs) when you're done. And the end credits where they just say produced by executive producer Frank Mancuso Jr. It's like kind of creepy the way the font is. I'm a sucker for font as well. Uh, And if the font is bad, I'll uh, split second. (laughs) Done. Canceled. No, Yeah, I'm just overall glad we watched him and go watch the show if you've never seen it go watch it
0: and roby being smoking hot uh did not hurt whatsoever
2: um Mm -hmm.
1: agreed agreed
2: (laughs) dialla yeah you know i i often find that i think uh, over the course of my life that i'm sort of like an insular geek in that i don't like, it's sort of like, I remember watching certain things, but I never really, like, had, like, a, I was never, like, in any broad conversation with any group of people about the value of whether this was good or bad or not. Like, maybe, like, a, a few friends that I had. So, I, there's a lot of things that I just, am like, I just assumed everybody loved or everybody hated, and then I find out that they didn't like something, like, 20, 30 years later. Um, so, like in the case of this I never like I loved it and I never I don't think I've ever heard anybody talk I've not talked about that show until today like, with anybody. <laughs> and so, <laughs> my, so I went away from it just being like, oh, yeah, I loved the show. And, like, there was, like, and there was never not anything about it I didn't like. I remember getting over the fact that it had, you know, nothing to do with Jason Voorhees pretty early, and I just was like, oh, it's its own thing. Um, but I still, like, I watched it for at least a year and a half or two years, and um, and then, you know, we'll talk about the other show, and I I had my opinion about that right out of the gate and I've always held that opinion. Um, So the uh, watching this again, it was more of just like reaffirming like what I liked. Like I was like, I used to like this show and like, I still like it and I was seeing the value in it and how it did things and what it did. I probably a little bit more open to it now because I'm like, I'm not like, you know, oh, where's Jason? Where's the haunt? You know, yeah. that that stuff isn't yeah. there. And um, so, yeah, I, I thought it was great. I, I do think, you know, often I, I think ha- like they could do a remake. But this is one of those ones where I actually think if they did a remake, people would be like, oh, you're just stealing from X-Files and Warehouse yeah. yeah. 13. People not realizing that those shows probably took from this or um, uh, like uh, Night Stalker. is that thing? Yep. Yeah. 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 Like like mm-hmm. so you know. So it's like I I find that, like when um John Carter of Mars came out like people were like oh you're just stealing from Star Wars and it's like no you don't It's like no you don't a, understand completely. Star Wars stole
0: from from Flash Gordon which stole from John Carter of yeah, yeah, Mars. Yeah, you yeah, got so you, you don't got don't it, it all <laughs> backwards. <laughs> I
1: feel like too they need to just slap a pre uh, a, a like a little comment in the beginning of these if they reboot a show like this. Uh-huh. For everyone, before you start hating this show, just know <laughs> that the source material came out way before all the things you yeah, love.
2: Way, way before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That was that was something that kind of popped up a little bit with Dune also. It was like, oh, it's Star Wars. I'm like, No.
0: No, you say no. George Lucas definitely
2: read Dune before he yes. wrote Star Wars. Of course he did. Sand planet. Anyways, yeah. Why um, do you
0: think Tatooine <laughs> is a sand planet? Come yeah, on, come, come on, guys. Come yeah, on now. Come
2: on. Anyways, so, uh, uh, so you know, I, I, I but I, it is a it is a show that I uh, that I do think like if it was actually able to be done today, it actually could be a, a really good show because we would. It had to, like, this show was, like, in syndication on TV in the 80s, so it had to be safe in a lot of ways to just be on the air. But, like, dude, like, I remember watching The Walking Dead when I watched it those first couple seasons, and, like, they did stuff far worse on TV than you could do in the movies, you know, in terms of, like, the gore and stuff. Right. And so you could do this show and actually make it, like, legit scary. Um, and get creative with the cursed objects and kind of really go in there and put your main characters to the paces. But for what it was at the time, it actually like like I said, I think it was like kinda like um a spiritual um ancestor of like X Files, which came out just like a few years later. Um, yeah. so out of Canada no less. So right. yeah. I I really dug it and um I you know I'm going to keep watching a few more episodes. i really like I want to find that one episode that scared me, but I can't like I don't <laughs> remember at all what it was. Please so. let us know uh which one it is when you do find it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh
0: all right. Well, I think uh, I think we all I think we all felt pretty much the exact same way about Friday the 13th the series. So let's see if we feel the exact same way about Freddy's Nightmares. Let's <laughs> see. Hey, everybody. Co-host Corey here. I just wanted to take a second and say thank you to all of our Patreon members who help support the show. Each month, they get access to The Carpenter Factor, Wrap Up After Dark, and all kinds of other fun, exclusive content. You can sign up for our Patreon over at patreon.com podcastingafterdark. Again, that's patreon.com podcastingafterdark. Other ways you can help support the show and help us grow is leaving us a 5-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We also have a merch store where you can pick up a t-shirt or two, as well as some other fun items. You can find every link to our podcatchers, to our merch store, to Patreon, everything at podcastingafterdark.com. That's podcastingafterdark.com. Now back to the show. Freddy's Nightmares. Freddy's Nightmares is a horror anthology television series, which aired in syndication from October 1988 to March 1990, a spinoff from the A Nightmare on Elm Street film series. Each episode is introduced by Freddy Krueger, played by Robert Englund, and features two different stories. Only eight of these stories featured Krueger as the antagonist, though. Freddy's Nightmares was produced by New Line Television and distributed by Lorimar Telepictures, then Warner Brothers Television. Similar to The Crypt Keeper, Freddy Krueger's primary function is to host the series. He is featured in regular bumper segments where he comments on the happenings of the story, culminating in him giving a quick and usually eerie epilogue at the end. One element that made the series unique is the two-tier story approach. Most episodes feature two different stories that each take up the first and second halves. The second story, however, is usually built on a character who played a minor or supporting role in the first story. It should be noted that A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4 would be coming out in 1988 around the same time uh, that this aired. So I think that was September, October of 88, and this came out in 88. So that kind of puts into context where... Freddy, or where A Nightmare in Elm Street was at this time. So I guess when this was in development, there was pretty much one, two, and three were out, and then four was coming out pretty much at the same time. So the two episodes we discussed were season one, episode one, No More Mr. Nice Guy, which is pretty much a, a retelling because we've seen it in some of the movies or whatever, but it's pretty much the origin story of Freddy Krueger um, to the point where he even says when he intros the, the show, he's like, this one's my nightmare, and I always remember that. By the way, and uh, the second one, season one, episode four, Freddy's Tricks and Treats, which is a Halloween episode, although it's not too Halloweeny, but it does feature Mariska uh, Har- Har- Order- Hargitay. Hargitay from Law and Order. Hargitay. From Law and Order SVU, uh, as like a uh, she's a doctor, she's in training and everything. Med school. And, med yeah, school. in college, med school. Um, there's some
1: uh,
0: there's some stuff I don't know It's <laughs> I
1: hated
0: this episode anyways it was so go. traumatizing
2: she went to the special victims unit in New York City after this <laughs> I know
0: so, so the first half of it is more focused on her um, kind of overcoming a trauma from her past. And then the second half of the episode, she's in it, but it's kind of focused on her and these other people who are studying her dreams to see sort of what's happening with Freddie. Um, so that's sort of the two episodes we watched. Uh, Zach, take us off into any direction you want to.
1: Well, I, I think out of anything, out of anything good or bad this show has to offer, uh, one major positive is the casting of this show. Uh, this show in 44 episodes, it has a who's who of 80s and 90s and future stars, including, um, Todd Allen, who we love from Witchboard, uh, Sandal Bergman, who we love from Conan. Uh, you've got Tony Dow, who was from Leave it to Beaver, um, You've got Andrew Prine, uh, who has been, like, he's a character actor who's been in everything from, you know, the Eliminators to uh, Lords of Salem. <laughs> uh, Tracy Walter, who we love in yeah. Out of the Dark.
0: Yeah, he was also Bob the Goon in Batman.
1: Of course. Uh, you've got a very young, in fact, it was one of his first roles, Brad Pitt is in, a, in one, one episode. Jeffrey Combs. Uh, Jeff Conaway from Grease fame, of course. Knicky. Rest in peace. D- yes, Charles Cyphers, who we love from so many Carpenter movies. Go check out go check out The Carpenter Factor on Patreon.com slash Carpenter Factor. Sorry, Patreon.com slash Podcasting After Dark yeah. for more info about that. Uh, um, Will- William
0: Butler from uh, Night of the Living Dead the remake uh, is in it. And our pal it- Diane Franklin
1: of course, uh, Bill Mosley, you know, Chop Top, the the man himself, uh, Leah Ayers from Bloodsport fame, and of course, uh, Maniac, uh, not Maniac, but, um, oh God, uh, The Burning, and, you know, uh, like like a who's who, a oh, who's who. Kyle Chandler
2: of, uh, from uh, Friday Night Lights, uh, my there you second go. favorite show of all time.
1: John Cameron Mitchell from Hedwig and the Angry Inch, who, if you've never seen that movie, you should. Lori Petty, Lori Petty, Yvette
2: Nipar
0: from uh, Dr. Mordred, uh, and she was also in Adventures of uh, Buckaroo, uh, not, not Buckaroo Bonsai, Briscoe County Jr. Uh, but yeah, yes. Yvette Nepar. she was a Canadian actor, because I think
2: this show is another one of those Canadian shows. Tim Russ him. from my most hated Star Trek, sh- second most hated Star Trek show, Star Trek Voyager. <laughs> there, you,
1: there you go um and and this and so in the second episode we watched the tricks and treats uh darren dalton who many people know as the cheese ball a sellout in red dawn he was also in the outsiders um he we interviewed him on two dollar late fee if you're in if you're interested in checking out that one is he the but one yeah, they
0: execute it, because he gave them up this is the yes mayor's he has son. the yeah
1: The mayor's son exactly it is like a, it is literally a who's Dick Miller. I mean, like we could keep, we could keep going on this list. It's a who's who of amazing people. And of course, headlined by Robert England. Um, yeah. So the first episode, uh, no more Mr. Nice guy, <laughs> which I always associate with shocker directed by Wes Craven. Right. Uh, and, and and I think, first of all, the the TV reporter is like a John Tesh with dark hair and a mustache. <laughs> I'm like, is that yeah. John Tesh? It's yeah. not John Tesh. And Zach,
0: let's, before you even go any further, let's mention that the first episode, the pilot episode, No More Mr. Nice Guy, was directed by Toby Hooper.
1: Yes, and uh, actually, the in the second episode, Tricks and Treats is directed by... Ken Weederhorn, who did Shockwaves, Return of the Living Dead Part 2, oh, yeah. yada, 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 and yada, yada, yada. So, <laughs> uh, Ken Weederhorn actually, I believe, directed seven episodes of this show. Um, so, you know, thank you or no thank you to Ken <laughs> Uh But we love Shockwaves, obviously, and Return of the Living Dead too. Uh, so something that really stood out to me and i i'm like oh god is this nitpicking maybe it is maybe it isn't and it's something i've always really bugged me about the freddy krueger series is it's like so cartoonish at times where freddy krueger is like on the stand in trial and he's wearing his he's got his hat and he's got (laughs) a sweater on and i'm like why is this guy not wearing a prison outfit and of course they don't shoot him from the face i think i think overall Freddie uh, Robert England shot his scene separate from everybody. I don't think he's ever in a scene with anybody. Mm-hmm. To the point where, like, if he's on his back looking up at a character, like in the second episode we watched, it's a totally different set that he's in. You know, whatever. It's way back in the day, low budget. Um,
2: yeah, but no, I.
1: But no, there's no you know, yeah. I'm, like I, no, I, will, I, have,
2: I have some stuff to say.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I really, I actually, I. I I think from a nostalgic perspective, I think people will be like, oh, I love that show. It's not a good show. Oh, by the way, Diane Franklin. Shout out to Diane Franklin because she's in an episode as well. Oh, and uh, Joyce Heiser from Just One of the Guys. And that's directed by Lisa Gottlieb. So Lisa Gottlieb, who directed Just One of the Guys, did an episode of this show with Sherry Shattuck from Death Spa uh, as well. And, yeah, I, I just... I think from a nostalgic perspective, I can see why people would pop boners over this movie, uh, over this TV series, but uh, I mean, it's a show. (laughs) (laughs) It It happened. I will say, I
0: do want to say real quick because all this discussion about who's in it and everything in the first episode, the cop that kind of plays uh, the arresting, he arrested Kruger, but he kind of messed up and that's how Freddie Krueger gets, you know, gets off trial and everything. Um, and they kind of bring in, they try to bring in every element. They try to bring in the, the singing one, two, Freddy's coming for you. And yeah. I think they, they you know, they really try to keep the lore, the same. And again, they had three movies, you know, already ahead of it. So they kind of had to. Um, but I appreciated them trying to include little lore items like the one two, Freddy's coming for you. But uh, the, the guy who played the arresting officer, and he's kind of the main character for the first episode. His name is Ian Patrick Williams. He was in Robot Jocks, Alienation, the TV series, Dolls, Terror Vision, Reanimator, and an episode of Seinfeld. <laughs>
2: yeah, so there you go. I mean,
0: so probably, I didn't mean to cut you off. Keep going, Zach.
1: No, it's okay. He probably did a lot of work. Obviously, did a lot of work with Stuart Gordon, who did Robot Jocks and Dolls and Reanimator. Um, I, I mean, look, I, I appreciate the kills. This is an edgy. This is an edgy series. The some of the dialogue in the second episode we watched was very uh, rough for the time. I think, and I applaud that. I think it was cool to see like a. Technically, like I felt like an R-rated show on syndication and in, in normal TV. Um, I, I appreciate the, uh, the 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 gore scenes, and that's about it, really. I just feel like the acting was kind of lazy. Uh, the the lead actor that you mentioned, he was he was good, and he I thought he was trying his best. But yeah, it just felt very low budge. for. And and one of you might have already mentioned it felt like a cash grab and honestly friday 13th part or sorry and honestly nightmare in elm street part three the the dream warriors that to me is like the last that's where it ends for me the franchise and then it picks back up with new nightmare yeah I i just felt like was this the beginning of the cash cow years where they're like we've got action figures and we've got posters and we're gonna put them on mtv and we're gonna make this child killer a fun character for kids <laughs> that's what it felt like to me so that's my rant and um
0: <laughs> and well, final thoughts and all in so one. basically <laughs> kind of all f
1: this
2: the show f yeah, freddy's I didn't freddy's nightmares I
1: didn't, get to, I didn't get to the second episode i honestly i chose the second episode of the tricks and treats because mariska hargitay who is what the granddaughter of um no she's the uh, daughter
2: uh, of uh, jane mansfield
1: the daughter of
2: jane mansfield i didn't know that she was in the car when that killed jane mansfield Wow, her her brother i think yeah wow i didn't know that at all um and this is
1: before she did the perfect weapon with jeff speakman i thought she was in the perfect weapon I had She's never seen her role. in
2: anything until other than SVU. I, like when this was starting, and then I was like, "Whoa!" I recognized her voice and everything, I was like, "Wait yeah. a minute!" And then her name popped up. That's the only yeah, that's thing I've I, ever I, seen her in is is SVU until I today. I didn't know.
1: I didn't know you liked her as as much as you you know as much as you do. And so, but I'm like, I don't know something about Mariska Hargitay. I'm going with this episode. This yeah, is the we got to watch her. this one. So, and it pays off. Trust me, it pays it, off.
0: It's funny because my sister, my older sister, loves SVU. She loves Marissa Hargitay and everything. Um, and, and I was like, oh, like halfway through the episode, I was like, oh, let me send this to her. I think she'll get a kick out of this. And it was literally like two minutes later after I sent my sister the link. She's like, oh, I watch it. Then there's like this like strip scene that's like yeah, it makes Ooh. sense in the the show. But in at the, the same context, time, yeah. it was it was kind of like it, it is still sort of standalone and i'm just like oh oh i i i made a big mistake <laughs> uh, i mean d- it is
1: it is a very skin max level yeah like, borderline skin max yeah. it's well it's Zach,
0: you you mentioned the gore and everything in this show i didn't think there was any gore and like yeah, at no. all worth noteworthy
1: i guess not i i mean i guess not like i guess you're right there the, there's there's a level of like woman gets her face scratched and I thought that was pretty gross. And yeah, I guess I take that back. I'm allowed one take back per episode. <laughs> <might take> <laughs> um, so yeah, there's not a whole lot going on it, again. I'll go back to my original, uh, thought it's, if it's a nostalgic show, you get to see these actors way back when, before they were a big deal. Uh, you know, the episode with Brad Pitt has Bill Moseley in it too. So that's worth checking out. And, uh, I mean that's about it. Like it's you get Freddy Krueger's one-liners are buried. They're mumbled. The episode of uh, the tricks and treats at the end. He he like you see him sticking bloods coming out of a VCR and he's like stick that in your VCR, sucker! Hurrah! And then just ends. And it's so mumbled the way he says it. I had to rewind it like four or five times. Yeah. I mean it just it doesn't do anything for me. The quality went boom.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Downhill.
1: My, uh, but I'll turn it over to you guys, Diallo. Di- thought Diallo, can
0: you can you bring this up at all?
2: No, I not really. Like I,
0: I don't. <laughs> You're like, don't put
2: that evil on me. Yeah, it's like. So I don't. I, I never had any disdain for this show. Like I just remember, like I remember being really anticipatory when I like, oh, Freddy's nightmares, and I remember like that Friday night watching it and then kind of like feeling a little deflated and then. Um, but at least it was, like, that first night, I think, it, it was about Freddy. And I can't remember if it was, like, they showed two episodes or whatever. Because I do remember, like, at some point with my friends talking about how, like, this is nothing to do with, like, Freddy. Like, it's, like... It's, he he introduces the show and then it's like some other stories. Um, it's
1: Twilight Zone. It's a Twilight Zone series. Yeah, so it's, I, I it's mean, Tales I, from
0: the Crypt. It's he's the Crypt Keeper. You know. Yeah, yeah.
2: So I don't even think I watched it. Like I might have watched, you know, maybe like half the season or something, and then I just whatever just moved on because it just wasn't wasn't very good. But I also wasn't like. Uh, at that time in my life, I wasn't like the critical a-hole I am now. So I just kind of was <laughs> like, oh, it's like, it's, whatever, it's stupid. And then I just moved on. I was watching whatever. This, is, this was like 1987, whatever, that first year, 88. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. like, dude, there were so many things I was watching. Like, I was just so into wrestling at that time and, you know, uh, cartoons. And so it just that just kind of shifted out. Um, but I always remember, have, you know, I watched it. I really loved it. There was one thing, though, and you guys probably can clear it up for me is in the movie series like and I only realized this now cuz I I really liked the idea of the pilot episode of Freddy's Nightmares because I feel like it was the first time they like showed showed his like the like the trial and confronting the parents and like getting burned and that stuff and they were I feel like there were only glimpses of that in the movies yeah, and yeah, also, like, also in the movies, I think the kids burned him. Was it the kids of no? It was the no?
0: adults. No, it was the adults. I, I think, funnily yeah. enough, um, the the pilot I think was fairly accurate to the quote unquote Freddie canon and everything. Yeah. Um, what I think what you're thinking of in the movies, we never really saw the full trial and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But What we did see um was like that one i think that was with freddy's nightmares when we saw um a young freddy Mm -hmm. uh being like beaten on by his dad uh, who was played by i think alice cooper um and the guy who played young freddy uh tobe tobe sexton um i used to actually work with that guy in santa monica uh he was um he actually was a, a salesman for a a uh, voice uh, video game localization company. He kind of worked for them. So it re- wasn't really even acting anymore, but that was always kind of like his big claim to fame. A uh, super nice guy, uh, really cool dude, but he played the young Freddy in, I think that was Freddie's night. Mm. Freddy's dead. I think that was the, um, the movie that showed the flashback or whatever, but we yeah. never got all of this. This I think kind of lives so- and probably what makes the TV show so much more appealing to Freddy fans, is because we actually get to see this.
2: Yeah, that was my thing, because I was really in, especially at the time, you know, because in the uh, Dream Warriors, Dream Warriors was the third one, right? Um, yes. And I think that was actually, that might have been the last one I saw. I think I saw four, and I didn't really, like, it was a letdown from three, and then I don't think I've actually seen any other Freddy movie since then. I've never seen Fre- uh, Freddy's Nightmares, the the one that came out in 98 or whatever, that Wes Craven yeah. came back and directed. Um, that one's
1: good I like that one yeah
2: I heard that one was good I just never like by that time I just it was like over for me but I remember that I remember dream warriors was like it was like a movie where they they started to like plant these seeds and that like there was this lore that like oh this is how he came to be and um and they kind of like touched on it in a mysterious way and but they didn't really they they left it up to you to kind of interpret the details and um this episode actually like actually shows that to you so I appreciate that and I I liked how they rolled that into it being about like the sheriff or dad or cop or whatever and how that affected him Um, but then I remember watching later episodes and it was just like random stuff going on and it was pretty disappointing and didn't care and just kind of like lost interest in it. Um, but uh, I don't know. Like I, I, I feel like the whole, the whole, the bits with like Freddy doing his one-liners and stuff. That's like to me, that's what he, that's what he was. So that doesn't like bother me when I like even when I was watching this one. I kind of I was like, oh yeah, he used to do that. That's right. Um, and but that was that was the thing that set him apart from all the other slasher. Yeah, Uh, characters. So that was he's like wisecracking. He's like he's like an early uh, version of uh, of Deadpool or something. Um, Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah. But it 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 wasn't it wasn't it wasn't like good, but I didn't think it was terrible either. Like it didn't like make me like angry or anything. (laughs) Um, What there there is something that I'm think I I kind of mentioned yesterday was like in relation to Star Wars actually. Um, cause we're, there was like some meme going around how, like, you know, and I've joked about this before where in like 20 years, the kids that are kids now are going to feel about the sequel trilogy, like, like say millennials feel about the prequel tri- trilogy. And I kind of was like, yeah, nostalgia is much more powerful than quality. Right. Yes. And yes. so yes. like in relation yes. in relation to this show, it's like I the nostalgia definitely is much more powerful than like the quality. So as I'm watching it, I can see how like the the production value, it just everything about it just feels like the, I can't tell you where or how, but it feels like they're cutting corners everywhere. yeah. Um, but like, there's that nostalgia there. So it's like, I can't quite see it through clear eyes. I don't think it's good, but I don't like, it, it's not making me angry either, but like just, I'm going to keep talking about but that, that part about like Freddie at the beginning, like when he's in the chair or whatever, like, I was like, why don't you just have Robert England? like exactly they why like he's there (laughs) why don't you show him and so then i was thinking oh maybe he wasn't a part of the show maybe it was like a different actor that was doing freddie because there was a lot of times freddie's face was in the dark so you couldn't even see him yeah and then i was like oh like were they using like some other guy's voice i get like i just until i realized that robert england was like he was freddie and then it just made me it, that part sent me a little bit because I was like those are like the little bits and pieces that actually would have made the show like better but it was just like they were cutting corners and just like let's rub this ramp this product out and uh you know and everyone will love it cause it's Freddie and they're gonna yes, get the ready. they're gonna get the album too they're gonna love it <laughs> I remember listening to that album then and being like disappointed because I was like, this why is he singing like woolly bully?? <laughs> <laughs> well, so I mean, I was probably most
0: excited to watch the first episode, you know, mm-hmm. the the pilot uh, because of the origin story and I remember it and I remember even the bumper of him being like, don't worry, kiddies this is my nightmare this time, you know? And like, I was like, oh, that's kind of a cool thing. You kind of, you feel a little bit more relaxed going into it. Um, But like what I think illustrates the entire thing or the downfall of the episode is that the main protagonist, the the cop guy that I was saying, uh, Ian Patrick Williams, like he gets at the very end, he, you know, he gets his from Freddie, but it's like in a, dentist chair it kind of like had no you would think he would have been burned or something that freddie would have you know some kind of revenge and it would be fitting with how freddie went out but all it was was this guy had to even though he's freaking out the entire entire episode he like chips a tooth so like he has to go in and like get it fixed and you know he kind of goes under the the laughing gas and dial and i remarked uh you know that all of a sudden the 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 dental assistant is like in her underwear so of course you know you know that now he's in a dream or something but i was like oh that's uh i perked up a little bit right there Um, or was he in a dream (laughs) or was he in a dream right or it's it's like seinfeld it's uh you know um but like so so i think that illustrates like i you know it started out decent aside from like the fact that like yeah you could tell Robert England was not on set and I thought maybe they were just doing it as sort of artistic interpretation where you don't really ever see Freddie's face and stuff like that. And I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. There was one shot where they kind of zoomed in and you could, you could tell it was Robert England's mouth, but there Mm -hmm. was like one of those, you know, like shadows and everything. But now that I look back on it, I think you guys are right. I think he was not ever actually there when they're filming it and they film all those little scenes on the side. And then, the second episode, the Freddy's Tricks and Treats, I mean, I was fucking falling asleep during this thing. And I'm watching it at like 1 p.m. this afternoon, and I'm just like, oh, my God, this is, oh, my God, this is so boring. And, dude, there was the kills. There were barely any kills. I think maybe two people total died that episode and you didn't see anything, and yeah, there was like this autopsy scene, but that's an autopsy, who cares, you know, I just, it was, the biggest problem I had with the show, is that it was fucking boring, even with Freddy doing the bumpers and everything, and I, that was fine, I mean, I'll say that, like, he is Freddy, I, I will not take that away, just like, you know, no matter what, the Crypt Keeper's always the Crypt Keeper, freddy was freddy in every episode even if he's in the bumpers and barely in the actual show itself i think he acts like freddy i think his little quips are like freddy he looks like freddy some of the stuff's actually kind of filmed sort of cool with some cool shadows and stuff and everything but the body what was actually in these two episodes just a snooze fest and you know like diallo like you said i felt the same thing man like I'm like there's something lacking here. There in like first episode directed by Toby Hooper, trash. That episode was trash. (laughs) And I'm like I'm like, oh Toby Hooper, you know, putting your name on this thing, you know, fucking Alan Smithy should have directed this thing. Isn't that why he got
2: fired from Poltergeist?
0: (laughs) Maybe, maybe. But yeah, I, I that was my takeaway. I was excited to go into it, not being the biggest Freddy fan, but still, obviously, having nostalgia for Freddy and just being bored. And then, you know, Friday the 13th has no Jason Voorhees in it, but the writing was good and the characters were interesting and it shot really well and it seems like, especially Scarecrow, seems like it has a budget. Like, I don't know, something went wrong with the Freddy's nightmares on some some
1: angle. Well, I've got I've got one possible idea or theory about that, or why it failed so much more. Uh, But before I get to that, I want to point out I appreciate that they kept it in Springwood. Yes, that's the fictional town that it takes place. And in the tricks or treats, uh, there is a shot of the Elm Street house. And at one point, Mariska's character Marsha, she's in like the boiler room of uh, you know the of where Mm -hmm. Freddie would do his killing and there's so i appreciate that i thought that was kind of cool but freddie is such an iconic uh memorable character and he and he and those movies are built around him talking the whole time and selling himself unlike the first one where he doesn't talk as that much and i think that's why i like the first one so much because it's truly a horror film it's not a horror comedy horror comedy, um but you know Friday the 13th Jason doesn't talk he stalks so there's a lot more so it's reliant upon the actors in the movie to carry the stories and the dialogue and the and keep that flowing when you take Freddy out of the movie when he's the or the show when he's the biggest dr- reason you're watching it to begin with like you're relying on the characters that are kind of lame and like in so many of these Freddy movies the, the support the actors are kind of lame because they all get killed off anyways you know um, in Friday the Thirteenth we there, there's no Tommy Jarvis in the, I know Nancy is like the final girl she's not that good though let's be honest like Nancy's not that great she's really not and she's only in the first one and then she comes back in the what oh, she's, in, she's Dream in Dream Warriors She right? was great in that so, one it, what are you talking so and she the she's point... great in that one I think Dream <laughs> Warriors actually is the highlight of yeah of her. Like, characters and her yeah but then they kill off so many characters and there are there are good ones in throughout the series but they kill them all off mm. but so so Just but like the direction i team. think
0: you're going here is that so if freddie is the the part the thing that we want to see but yet he's what's in the show the least you know like there, there's some kind of off balance there
1: so yeah but he's like yeah and he's teased throughout this thing he's in the show but yeah. he's in it such a sparing amount where you're like oh well that this sucks at least friday the 13th was like nope we're pulling the we're just going to make this about something totally different
2: yeah that's what i think the issue is is um if they 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 were trying to tell these uh, they were trying to tell these stories but then they were like oh we got to we got to put freddy in for a second so like it it like it veered away from like Telling an actual good story because it's like, yes, like the the uh, the Mariska Hargitay one. It was like he kept popping up in like these weird moments. I always like forgot, like it, it didn't feel like he needed to be in there. Like they just were throwing him in there because it was like, oh yeah, it's Freddie show or whatever. Um And if. You kind of, kind of like, yeah, again, kind of like how Fre- Friday the Thirteenth was a little bit of like a bait and switch in terms of like the title. They never intended to have Jason Voorhees, but that's why it was the stronger show because they just were telling the story they were telling. Whereas there, it was like these 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 anthology stories for Freddy's Nightmare weren't anything that you wouldn't see in like Tales from the Crypt, like which it's like kind of been compared to or some other shows, a uh, a uh, creep show, whatever. Um but those stories didn't have Cat's Eye. Remember that movie? Yeah, oh cat's eye. Yeah. 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 I like Cat's Eye. Yeah, yeah, me, yeah. Too. me too. And so it's like, like those, Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, Drew Barrymore. She's Robert. She's Hayes, canceled now. James Woods. Yeah, she's um, yeah, she's been yeah, canceled. She's canceled. As of like today or yesterday. Yeah, yeah. As, <laughs> as of yesterday. Um but yeah, it's like <laughs> uh, scab. <laughs> you know, they like cat's eye is an example of where they they told separate stories and then they actually had the cat integral, I think it was like in the last story with the um yes. yeah, the yeah, whatever troll, with the little yeah. troll. But like if Freddie's nightmare had just been he 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 was just the crib keeper and introduced the story, like he introduced Friday night videos and let the videos play and didn't jump in the bottom of the screen on the Friday night videos or something and just like let the videos be the videos. This the show would have been, I think, would have been a little stronger, but yeah, like because like the Mariska Hargitay well, story well, no, actually.
0: To, to, Diallo, to your point, like, and I think what like illustrates it is, I think our minds, like, when we watch it, we know that Robert England isn't there with Mariska, you know, like on set, and then Zach, like you said, you know, there's a shot of his like face or something, but you can tell that that was probably filmed, you know, later, and it's I so think, bad, and I think. Like it's the uncan it's the uncanny valley thing where mm-hmm. we just know as a viewer that Robert England isn't on set, that there's just something right. not right because we would have seen his face with the other actors' face and I think Diallo, I think it's going to I'm thinking to that to your point, it's like there's something not right about it and it's I think it's the lack of
2: Robert England. You know what it, part of what it is. I'm gonna bring up another cancelled, although I think he's been released from Prison and has been like exonerated, maybe is Fat Albert, (laughs) Uh, Bill Cosby. So, when you if you watch, if you go back and watch Fat Albert, it's like they have the show, right? And then uh, Bill Cosby would pop up in the middle of it and sort of be like this narrator, kind of like tell you what you're supposed to think about the dilemma that these characters are in, and that's kind of what Freddie was. It was like they, they like. When they whenever they jumped to Bill Cosby it was like this junkyard but it was like live action you could tell it was on like a particular set right yeah and yeah. that's what was happening with this show where the sh- the, the all the stuff is going on where whatever the story is and all of a sudden you're jumping to the boiler room to see Freddie like walk around and say his lines and kind of like interject. But he wasn't really interjecting with anything of substance anyway. He was just popping in with a one liner or something. and was almost like, oh, yeah, I'm still here. And then he'd go, like, he'd, he would go to commercial or whatever. So, yeah. There's no
1: tension there. There's no tension there, too. Yeah. It created no tension whatsoever. Yeah. It just yeah. would have been
2: better if he yeah. was at, the, I mean, you know, this is all in hindsight, but it just would have been better if he was at the beginning and end, maybe, yep. or just not. Full on
1: crypty
0: Bush. full on crypt keeper style and just have the, and then focus on making a good story that you're not trying to pigeonhole Freddy into.
2: Yeah. Just like, these are creepy tales from this town. And then every once in a while, it's actually a story about him, you know? Yeah. Um, And, but I, I think, you know, part of it is like, there was the money grab. I mean, this was like sort of like that peak Freddy like, era like it would it would have been after three and i think because the like three was like it hit a certain peak at that after that movie yeah um and yeah they just kind of i think they it's like new line wanted a show but again they couldn't do an r-rated tv show there were really no outlets yeah. for that at the time unless it was on cable um so and
0: no one was thinking about doing shows like this on cable
2: yeah so it just had so they had to temper it down a lot and i think that's partly why the show manifested the way it did so instead of being freddy focused they had all these other anthologies so anyways it just was like kind of broken from inception and you know it, i mean it is what it is like i said i it doesn't it didn't make me mad But I definitely am like, this wasn't good. And I never thought it was good. Like, again, like what I was saying about Friday the 13th, like when I watched it, I was like, yeah, this isn't very good. And I all through the years, I'm like, yeah, it wasn't very good. So I I don't have like a change of opinion about it. Um, But it was cool to be able to go back and watch it still just to kind of see, see it again.
0: And I was going to ask, you know, what your, you know, nostalgia versus reality, and uh, you you gave that answer. Uh, So, Zach, you know, on to you. Final thoughts of the two shows, nostalgia versus reality, et cetera.
1: Reality for Friday the 13th is, it's a great series. Uh, I look forward to watching it, uh, more episodes of it. Nostalgia, uh, it actually is better than the nostalgia because I didn't have that much nostalgia for it. And now I'm like, Oh, outside the opening theme and, and you know, one or two little things here. Uh, I, i I had no real connection to it. Now I really want to watch it again. I want to rewatch it and maybe see if there were episodes that stand out to me and go, Oh yeah, that was the episode that caught me. Like Diallo was saying, the really scary one uh freddy's nightmares i had a lot of nostalgia for this one back in the day and the nostalgia is still kind of there uh but man the reality is it's it's just a it's a fart show like it just flames out and there was so much syndication going on at this time in the late 80s early 90s that was really good case in point we brought up quite a few <laughs> syndicated shows um I just it just always rubbed me the wrong way. God bless Robert England for having a career and having this this character be his like his Elvira or whatever. But uh, man, I always wanted Freddy to be more sinister. I didn't want him to be comical. I like sinister Freddy, not comical Freddy. This is comical Freddy, and it's a, it's slow on the go. And uh, yeah, it, it it flamed out. But I'm again glad we watched it for the nostalgia factor.
0: I mean, I I probably feel exact same way as you, Zach, and and you know you Diallo probably uh, back in the day. Um, yeah, I I loved Friday Thirteenth and uh, was was shocked by how much I enjoyed these episodes. Um, I wanted to like Freddy's Nightmares more than I did, but it kind of lands probably yeah like like Dial like you said probably where I felt as a kid too. You know, I was just like oh this feels a little underbaked. You know, and I want more out of it. And uh, Zach, like you, I like my Freddy to be a bit more sinister. That's why I think I like um, the first one. Um, He was pretty sinister in the second one, too, I'd say. First one, uh, the last one. Yep. And the last one, uh, New Nightmare, which I really enjoy as well. Um, But yeah. And the third one,
1: too. The third third, one, too, he's pretty dark. He is,
0: but it's also like probably the best of the sillier versions of him. And then when it gets too silly, I'm just, I'm not into Freddy at that point. And it looks like that. That was always going to be his trajectory, because if this was filmed after part three had come out and before or pretty much premiering the same time as part four does, this show seems to be like, I mean, they kind of had a clear idea where Freddy was going. And that was kind of in in a tongue in cheek world and, you know, kind of just being a a personality and everything. uh, I.
2: I think a lot of times in those instances, what happens, I don't think that they had a trajectory for it. I think often what happens is they put out the movie and they are like, oh, the kids really liked this part. And so when they do the next movie, they're like, let's do more of that. They and emphasize then, that yeah.
0: X, X factor, whatever it was. Yeah. yeah,
2: and so three, like you said, I think it that was like, peak like he was sinister but he was like clever and like yeah. so it wasn't quite like it was borderline comedy but it felt genuine right yeah but then it's like oh they, the kid that's what they really like so then they just forced it after that and then it just it became something else and like I, I was kind of bringing that up with the blue that blue beetle movie because I was like what's his name um the George George Lopez is that his yeah, name George, yeah. Yeah. like he yeah. was genuinely funny he was, like, yeah, genuinely yeah. funny in that movie. Like, I was laughing at some of his lines. They were, like, random, and I was like, what? what did he, why did he say that? And I was like, my biggest fear is, like, when they make, if they make Blue, Blue Beetle 2, is that they'll just, like, m- like throw, like, it'll be, like, 50% of him doing that in the movie, yeah. and, then I, and then it won't feel genuine, and it won't feel like it was in Blue Beetle, where it felt organic and inspired and you know um so like the
0: perfect amount because he was only in it like 25 percent yeah yeah yeah, but yeah yeah. you know for a fact blue beetle 2 he's gonna be in it like 45 percent and it'll be bigger and funnier
2: yeah and it'll just be in your face and i was like well no he wasn't funny because of that it was funny because he just it was just the right amount and he came in with the right lines at the right time that broke the tension and said the right and he was like kind of saying what we were all thinking at the moment but like it didn't feel intended at the same time, but, you know, anyways, we're, it's not the Boobieville podcast, but it's just like they, they do that in movies all the time. Right. And, and so I think that that's what, that's what the trajectory of Freddie was. And if
0: well, maybe, maybe if this show was made like after part two, he would have been very different. Yeah,
2: I believe so. Yeah.
0: I, I cut you off Zach. What were you saying? Oh, I was going to
1: say they, to piggyback on him, uh, on, blue beetle they need to take a play from the ant-man wasp uh uh movie with Luis. they put Luis in just a little bit more than they did in the first one and that's what worked and yeah. he was so great about it and Luis is one of the best parts of ant-man and wasp yeah
2: and i love ant-man and wasp, anyways right. and that's but why yeah, three no, was like not as fun because Luis wasn't th-
1: there right exactly <laughs> totally and 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 i think three three is great um Yeah, it just once it got into like, I'm putting them pepperoni kids on a pizza and eating them and like, come on, (laughs) you know, like this is not even imaginative anymore. And then there were moments where they could have. But it. but you guys talking about this made me think one potential idea. I'm wondering because what is it like the first four episodes, five episodes are about. Freddy Krueger and that connection to Freddy Krueger I wonder if those are like failed nightmare scripts that they didn't go with a full feature and they they said oh we'll do this for a TV series and then they stretched it out into this thing that became 44 episodes with all these you know creep show uh, monsters tales from the crypt type tales from the dark side type episodes where you know Freddy has no connection but it's in Springwood still so there's the connection yeah I'm wondering, I'm just speculating. That but that's that to me makes kind of sense cuz it's like, well, we just got this shit laying on the ground, might as well throw it out to people. They're they're going to eat it because people did eat it. Yeah. Freddy Krueger arguably is the the most popular horror icon of all time across yeah. the board from kids, little kids to adults.
0: Yeah? I I don't think you're wrong, but watching um, it
2: did make me think of like a movie of Freddy Movie to write. So there's that. There you, go. there you go. Make it better, Diallo. You <laughs> <laughs>
0: rekindled your love for Freddy. I so was least, like, least I was, something. Yeah, I was just
2: thinking about the whole like, they never really explain like how, I mean, I, I, as far as I know, because I, again, I only watched up to really till, I, I think I saw the fourth one and I just didn't like it. So maybe I just blacked out of my mind. But they don't really go into like why he can go into dreams and stuff. And so. I they, they touch
0: of, on that in uh uh, uh Freddy's dead. Okay. You, you kind of learn that he made this pact with, with these the devil, devil, or, devil or, dream demons or something like that. Yeah. I thought
2: but, of I thought of something that like is actually kind of that would be kind of cool. Um the why well, I'll, tell well, well, this, I'll tell you guys. Well, this this after wasn't after we cool. All, like like yeah.
0: Freddy's dead wasn't cool. So anything yeah. you can come up <laughs> with would be better than that. Yeah. It's, it's kind of right.
2: what I thought of was kind of sinister, like kind of ugly, sinister. So, anyways, I'll tell you guys offline. Well, but it's even cool. in
0: this, like even in this, when he gets burned, he's like, um, I, you know, I, I did like what he said. He was like, I'd rather flame out than like fade out or something. I was like, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Uh, but he's like, I'll be back, and I was like, well, but how though? Yeah, right. You know what I mean? That's why.
2: That's why I started thinking about it. I was like, yeah. Oh.
0: yeah, like just pure willpower, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I did very much enjoy, you know, revisiting these two shows with you guys, and you know, kind of like putting a button on that question mark and everything of of how they held up, and and that conversation that people tend to have in the online circles that you know we swim in. And uh, and again, these two shows are always side by side. You rarely does one get discussed without bringing up the other. And of course, that makes sense. They came out at the same time and they're both, well, sort of both backed by two major franchises in horror, arguably two of the biggest franchises in, in horror from the 80s. But I am glad that we, we did visit this. And, uh, you know, I do think there is a clear winner um but uh <laughs> regardless it's happy halloween guys and gals it's uh the spooky season and everything and and i love it and i love doing all these shows with you guys uh Diala, what do you have that we can talk about what do we besides galactica actually that keeps uh that's you guys are still working on that and everything mm-hmm. i think right now you're only you're still going through what season two right we, now, yeah right? we
2: we uh my I think by the Time this comes out will be like in the back half of season two um but yeah we just finished recording um this past weekend resurrection ship part two which is the yep. finale of the the pegasus yep. arc um arc. Like yep. I Love call, that arc. yeah it's like those three episodes are basically a movie and you could it's just i like i call it peak battlestar galactica um so yeah we're uh we're in mid season two and uh barreling towards season three and uh that's about it for that um i'm still um you know i'm promoting angela in the dark the motion comic that um we put out um and by the time this comes out we'll have had a screening actually um so um i'm anticipating that that will be um a a very fun uh, lively affair um and what else uh yeah it'll be uh, that'll be at universal studios or that was that i'm going to say in past tense
0: so <laughs> even though we're before it yeah we're yeah, recording this yeah. mid-september <laughs> yeah it was, at,
2: it was at universal studios and we had a lot of uh studio execs and people now i'm just i'm just talking now whatever <laughs> um but uh, yeah so there's that and uh still uh kind of working on the first noel um getting back into putting that out and um then the rest of it is just like trying to figure out what my life is gonna look like for the next uh one month to a year so <laughs> aren't we all buddy aren't yeah. we all <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. zach what uh what's going on at two dollar life this month
1: it is Lost Boys month. We just dropped the Lost Boys proper episode, and then we've got a, a Alan Frog, uh, Jameson Newlander joins us uh, to do a trip down memory lane on Lost Boys. So the this air the day before this episode airs, uh, we just dropped the Lost Boys proper, and Jameson's coming up the week after. So check that out. Lost Boys month on two dollar late fee, and man, oh man. We got a lot of big stuff coming up uh, in the next few months. So with Podcasting After Dark and $2 late fee, um, Diallo, Corey, Paul London, and Dustin and myself, we've got some stuff coming up in a few more months. So stay tuned. Uh, If you want to jumpstart on that, go to our patreons and sign up on our patreons patreon.com podcasting after dark patreon.com two dollar leafy all that good stuff you get all the info ahead of time before anyone else does
0: darn tootin baby and yeah right now zach and i are man we are at the very end pretty much the very end of john carpenter's uh, filmography Um, We have uh, this month we have another one of his Masters of Horror episode, um, but then the final month we will have uh, The Ward. And then we will be on to our new uh, auteur in 2024. Auteur in 2024. Try to say that uh, 10 times fast. But, uh, yeah, go check Alan out. Alan
1: Smithy. <laughs> there and you go. It will yeah. be Alan Smithy. <laughs> that, is,
0: that would actually be an interesting filmography because then it would be a bunch of different people. But you could probably do one based on everyone who went by Alan Smithy. Uh, yes. <laughs> that would be fun. But, hey, uh,
2: everybody yeah. check out their Patreon and see what all the hullabaloo is about. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is right. Hullabaloo around the around the world, and uh, you know, a free way to help out every single show, podcast after dark, two dollar lay fee. Um, Galactica, actually, the first Noel Chronicles, free way to help out every single podcast that you enjoy is leave a five star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever allows reviews and or. <laughs> Ratings.
2: <laughs> Zach's <laughs> making head gestures <laughs> <shy just for> <laughs> the same as me. So you know
0: what? Happy yeah. Halloween, everybody! And as always,
2: catch you on the obscure side.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Freddy
2: Krueger! <laughs> oh no! Oh
0: my God! You're going with the fat boys.